1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And I don't have any announcements this episode, other than to listen to my podcast shuffle playlist because we have a really cool band that we talked about called Spinning Ginny and a really cool song which is called Low. Link in the show notes. But besides that, let's go ahead and jump into our EV news. And I want to thank Bruce for the heads up on this. Bruce is a Patreon supporter, and a genuinely nice human being. So thank you very much, Bruce. He sent along the following information. Oak Ridge Laboratory has developed a resource to help us regular folks understand the Inflation Reduction Act EV tax credits. I put a link in the show notes, but basically you can go and see what vehicles qualify for the EV tax credits. And not only can you see which vehicles qualify, but how much Uh, of the tax credit they get, because some EVs will only receive half of the tax credit. You can also look up, based on when you purchase the vehicle, if you qualify for the tax credit, lots of good information. Go to fueleconomy.gov, and we're going to talk more about the IRA EV tax credits on next Tuesday's show, so a week, or I guess six days from when I'm recording this, because I'm recording it on Wednesday. When it comes to EVs, Toyota started strong. Um, they had the Toyota Prius in the early 2000s. And then eventually in 2010, they actually partnered with Tesla on an early electric version of the Toyota RAV4. Since that time, Toyota really hasn't taken advantage of their early entrance into the EV market. They squandered away whatever lead they could have had, and they just drugged their feet, kind of kicking and screaming into an EV era. And some of you might email me and say, "Well, Toyota's now currently selling an EV, the Toyota BZ4X," and I realize that, but that thing's not burning up the sales charts, and I think it's getting okay reviews, but I haven't seen anything that's giving it stellar reviews. So overall, you can say that Toyota's EV efforts have been lackluster. And if you're a Toyota fan and an EV fan, I've got some good news for you today. Toyota has shifted their stance on electric vehicles and announced that they will have 10 new battery-powered EVs by 2026. Those EVs will be built on a new EV platform. Toyota is doing a full overhaul of their EV architecture, and I'm really excited to see it. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of Toyota. I don't really... I don't really have a lot of interest in the cars that they produce, but I do recognize that they have a great engineering team and they have fantastic products for people who like that kind of thing. It's just not me, not a fan. So you may be asking yourself why the shift in focus, like why all of a sudden are we making EVs a priority? Well, Toyota has a new CEO and he is now making EVs a priority. And I should mention those 10 EVs that we were talking about will come both from Toyota and Lexus. The Volkswagen ID7 had its full specs and images leaked. And when I say leaked, um, the images of the vehicle without camouflage were released by the Chinese Ministry of Information and Technology. The ID7 is a sedan and will be based on VW's modular electric drive matrix. Platform or the MEB platform. And the reason why I said modular electric drive matrix platform is because I always forget what MEB means and I finally remembered to write it down this time. I probably won't remember the next time. The ID7 will be Volkswagen's sixth fully electric vehicle. VW says the ID7 will have significantly more power and efficiency for long range travel and will be launched in key regions, including Europe, China, and North America. Let's talk about the few specs that we know about. First off, in terms of design, it's going to be incorporating elements from VW's ID Arrow and ID Vision concepts. So it's melding those two concepts together. It's also going to feature a full light bar across the front of the vehicle. And it's going to be similar to the Volkswagen ID. Six. If you haven't seen the ID.6, it's a crossover. The maximum speed of this vehicle will be 155 kilometers an hour, which is a little less than 100 miles an hour. Let's see, 201 horsepower with a 77 kilowatt hour battery. I wonder why the max speed is a little less than 100 miles an hour or 155 kilometers an hour. I wonder if this has to do with some sort of Chinese regulations because the ID4 has a horsepower range of 145 horsepower to 295 horsepower with a max speed limit of 180 kilometers per hour or 111 miles per hour. Not sure what's going on there. Could be a Chinese regulation, could be something else that I'm missing entirely, or I just could be misreading the situation. So I'll keep you posted as we learn more though. Kia recalled nearly 2,700 Kia Soul EVs due to a risk of a battery fire due to an electrical short. This recall affects model years 2015 to 2019 that came with the E400 and E400 high voltage battery packs. The cause is a short between the anode and the cathode. Kia is aware of only three fires that have been caused by this issue. In order to detect and fix the issue, Kia is issuing a software update via their dealers that will not only diagnose the issue, but once the software is updated, it'll monitor uh, the battery pack. If any abnormal battery cell voltage occurs, it'll notify the owner that there's an issue and hopefully prevent a fire or anybody getting hurt. Over the last few episodes, we've talked about vehicle deliveries and production numbers for Q1 2023. Well, Polestar has released their numbers. They delivered around 12,000 vehicles last quarter. And Polestar is confident that they'll deliver 80,000 vehicles in 2023. That is their goal. Uh, As a point of reference, Polestar sold around 51,000 vehicles in 2022, and of those 51,000 vehicles that were delivered in the United States, 60% of them were leases, which I thought was interesting. Fisker Motors has met all U.S. Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards and New Car Assessment Program Standards, or NCAP, For its upcoming electric ocean crossover. This doesn't mean that these uh, federal agencies have signed off on anything. That just means that a third party testing company went through and determined that it met all of those standards. Uh, The National Highway Transportation Safety Administration still needs uh, to provide the actual testing. But to me, the really important part of this story is we're getting closer and closer to vehicles being delivered. Now, I thought a few vehicles had been delivered here in the United States, but it sounds like uh, that I, I was misinformed uh, because the article said that Fisker Ocean will go on sale in Europe in late April, which we're coming up on, and in the United States States in May. So if I said that they were delivering vehicles here in the U.S., at any point in time before this episode, I was wrong. I apologize. I don't know where I got my information, but it was bad. Walmart is planning on building its own network of electric vehicle charging stations across the United States by 2023. Walmart will offer fast charging stations at thousands of Walmart and Sam stores across the country. And this will build on the nearly 1,300 charging station it already has through a partnership with Electrify America. Walmart's VP of Energy Transformation, Vishal Kapadia, says that he expects there to be four chargers on average at each store. So that's better than no chargers at Walmart or Sam's Club, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the between those two stores, they have 240 million customer visits a day It's likely that the Walmart Sam's Club chargers will have the same issues that other charging sites do, which includes, you know, ICE vehicles parking in those charging spots. I can easily see a scenario where somebody parks there, charges their vehicle. They're totally legit, but the vehicle's done charging, but the person's still inside the store shopping or doing whatever they're doing. Uh, so that charger is not available until the customer comes out and moves that, or, you know, sometimes chargers are broken. And I'm not saying that Walmart shouldn't install these charging stations. I'm just putting the plan into perspective. The impact is going to be minimal on a grand scale, but for communities that are lacking charging stations, this could be huge for those communities. So, On a grand scale, probably not that big of a deal. On a more local scale, where those um, people who have EVs don't have charging stations or or, are lacking charging stations, this could be huge for them. And it should go without saying that somebody who is uh, traveling long distance and is in need of a charger and they can find one at a Walmart that's open and working, that's, that's huge for those folks too. I'm not trying to sound, I'm not trying to be negative on this. I'm just saying uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not gonna be all that many chargers. And I should also mention that this is a starting point. They don't have to stick with uh, you know four chargers per store on average, they can expand that over time. Alright, next up, the National Electric Code, NEC, has modified its safety load standards for homes to accommodate the continuous and extended charging times of electric vehicles. The new NEC 80% rule requires that EV charging circuits should not be loaded more than 80% of their maximum capacity, meaning that a 240-volt, 30-amp household dryer circuit should be limited to 24 amps for EV charging. Exceeding this limit can cause stress and overheating of the wiring and electrical system, which could eventually lead to fires. When it comes to determining how much of a load the electrical system can take, in terms of you know putting a 240 outlet or a 110 outlet, wiring thickness, the breakers, the receptacles—they're all rated for a specific amount of electricity to flow through it. And pulling too much ma- power and overloading that system can cause a range of issues, like we talked about—minor conveniences like the breaker trips to something more serious like arcing or a fire. So it's important when you're installing a uh, an, a charger that you're consulting with an electrician to make sure what you're doing is within compliance with building codes. I do want to say, I do want to reiterate that home EV charging is safe, but it can't just be a free for all. Um, There's a, when they make these codes, there's a margin of safety built in. So that 80% rule exists to ensure that the circuits operate within a safe range for all of the components within that circuit. And it's especially important when you're doing something like EV charging because they do require and draw so much power. So um, I just thought this was interesting and uh, hopefully it's helpful to you. And like I said, follow your local electrical and building codes and the guidelines and stuff like that. Consult an electrician and I'll just leave it there. I know I've seen what happens I've seen what happens when people try to be their own electrician and they're not qualified. My dad was an electrician. I helped my dad for a lot of years at his business. And I would never consider myself to be a qualif- uh, someone qualified to do anything except for change a wanton outlet. And that's it. And I'm probably not even qualified to do that.
0: Ready to pop the question?
1: All right, that is it for our EV news. Before we get to our Tesla news, I just want to mention real quick, if you are interested in supporting the show, take a look in the show notes at the very top. It'll say, you know, support the show and I'll give you the ways that you can support this show. And that's all I have to say about that. So let's get to our Tesla news. Electrack is saying that Tesla is about to launch the Powerwall 3. So we don't have any official word from Tesla that this is going to happen. This is just coming from Electrex sources. We'll wait and see if it happens, and we'll report back to you when it does. But it does seem appropriate because now should be about the time that they do a refresh. I think Powerwall 2 came out in 2017 or 2018. I can't quite remember, but it was a while ago. We're on 2023 now. It's, It's time for an update. So we'll keep an eye out for it. Tesla will build a Megapack factory in Shanghai, China. And actually, it's just a suburb of Shanghai, and it's close to Giga China's location. According to a local news report, a Chinese official said that production could start Q2 of 2024, which is a bit more than a year from now, because uh, Q2 goes until the end of June. So anytime between now and June of 2024, production can start. Tesla currently builds Megapacks in Lathrop, California, and the Lathrop factory produces 10,000 Megapacks a year, and it's expected that the Shanghai factory will produce about the same 10,000 Megapacks a year. We talked a little bit about Walmart installing DC fast chargers at their locations. Well, Tesla has installed five times the number of DC fast chargers in the U.S. compared to their closest competitor in Q1 2023. Tesla installed 1,292 DC fast charging ports, which equates to 59% of all DC port installations during that time period. EVGO was a distant second with 250 DC fast chargers, and ChargePoint installed 203 DC fast chargers. Tesla also opened up 98 new supercharger sites. That's not 98 superchargers, but that's actual 98 supercharger locations with multiple chargers at each location across the country. So they basically installed a little more than one supercharger site a day over that 90-day period. Tesla was able to achieve this in part due to the prefabrication uh, of their supercharger units, which are assembled off-site and they come with all the necessary components for grid connectivity. And in total, Tesla has over 45,000 individual connectors in their charging networks. That's, that's pretty impressive. Along the same lines, Tesla has opened its first V4 charging station in the Netherlands to all EVs. The V4 superchargers were initially launched for Tesla vehicles only in Europe earlier this year, and that sparked a mixed response from Tesla owners and non-Tesla owners alike. There's a lack of chargers in some parts of Europe, which has led to supercharging stations becoming overwhelmed uh, by the demand, both by Tesla and non-Tesla owners. So as you can imagine, if you are in the Netherlands and you're a non-Tesla owner and you don't have a lot of uh, EV charging stations around you, but you you can go charge at a Tesla supercharger site, you're going to be very happy about that. And if you're a Tesla owner, you have similar, pra- <laughs> you have similar issues, um, but in the opposite way, because you could have, you know, up until this point, you could always charge at that charging station and there are only Tesla owners there. So it was kind of limited and now everybody can charge there. So, you, you know, you can you can kind of see both sides tesla also plans to open its us based supercharger stations to all evs soon using their really cool magic dock and we talked about that not that long ago Switching gears to the Cybertruck, the Peterson Auto Museum has a really cool video uh, about the Cybertruck, and it's about the Cybertruck that we saw when it was first launched, not what Tesla's doing now with the Cybertruck, which we really don't know that much about. It's really the one that, you know, they... they hit with a bat on stage or a pipe, whatever it was, and threw the steel balls at it and cracked the window. They're talking about that particular Cybertruck. It's really neat. The video is only four minutes long. I'll add it to the show notes. Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was a neat video. Tesla's factories in Germany and Texas are ramping up production for the Model Y. And in fact, the Texas plant, Giga Texas, is producing 50 Model Y units per hour. Tesla aims to hit a milestone of 5,000 Model Ys per week at Giga Texas, and they plan on doing that soon. So overall, good news for the Texas team. The National Highway Transportation Safety Administration is investigating a vehicle versus pedestrian incident in North Carolina. A high school student was exiting a bus when they were hit by a person driving a Tesla. The bus did have its stop sign deployed with all of the appropriate lights flashing. It's unknown whether or not full self-driving or autopilot was engaged, but the driver of the Tesla has been charged by North Carolina State Police. Tesla has yet to respond to the investigation or to the accident, but this will be Tesla's 40th investigation into FSD by the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration a U.S. federal appeals court has ordered Elon Musk to delete a 2018 tweet that contained a threat or a veiled threat to Tesla workers uh, who were considering forming a union. The tweet suggested that Tesla workers could lose stock options if they unionized and joined the UAW, which is the United Auto Workers Union. I remember him tweeting this and I said at that time that I thought it was a mistake and it could be considered threatening because there was no reason that tesla could not continue to offer stock options if workers unionized the court's decision is a victory for the national labor relations board and puts elon kind of in an awkward position uh, because he's got to retract one of his tweets or delete it which i'm sure doesn't make him happy it's based on how he's been acting lately. Uh, besides ordering Musk to delete the tweet, the federal court has also ruled that Tesla must reinstate union advocate Richard Ortiz and give him back pay. According to U.S. labor law, companies are allowed to express negative predictions on the consequences of unionizing, but they are not allowed to threaten to punish employees for doing so. Last week we talked about Tesla employees sharing videos that were sent from Tesla vehicles back to Tesla and the, the, the folks in the labeling department were sharing videos inappropriately. Some of these videos contain, Im, contained, contained intimate, <laughs> contained intimate moments. And one of the vehicles was a child being hit by a car. Uh, There's been a class action lawsuit filed against Tesla uh, on behalf of Tesla owners. So we'll keep an eye on that. And one more... Uh, negative news story here. A federal jury in San Francisco ordered Tesla to pay $3.2 million to a black former employee of Tesla for failing to prevent severe racial harassment at their assembly plant in California. The plaintiff, Owen Diaz, accused Tesla of failing to act when he was repeatedly, uh, excuse me, when he repeatedly complained about racial slurs, uh, scrolls of swastikas and epithets on the on the walls and other work areas um, in the Fremont factory. Diaz was awarded one hundred seventy five thousand dollars in damages for emotional stress and three million dollars uh, for punitive damages uh, to punish Tesla so that this doesn't happen again in the future. Tesla's lawyer countered that Diaz Diaz was a confrontational worker who exaggerated his claims of emotional distress, and his lawyers failed to show any serious long-lasting damages caused by Tesla, because of course they did. Tesla is their client. They're not going to say Tesla's guilty. Uh, That doesn't make any sense. Tesla is facing similar claims- from other folks saying that they tolerate race uh, discrimination at the Fremont plant and other workplaces. There's a plen- pending class action lawsuit by black workers, and there's a s- separate case from the State of California Civil Rights Agency and multiple cases involving individual workers. Again, Tesla has denied any wrongdoing in those cases and said that it does not tolerate workplace discrimination and take takes workers complaints very seriously and maybe they do like i'm not going to say that they don't but that doesn't mean that this type of harassment isn't still happening or doesn't happen from time to time i don't know what tesla's policies are on this but it does seem like um, things are slipping through the cracks uh and and maybe there's not on things that weren't found valid, maybe there's not a good enough follow up system. Or well, I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. I've been doing this podcast since 2016, and especially early on, I talked about this an awful lot. And you know, this isn't new. And if somebody's scrolling swastikas on the and the on the walls there, you have to imagine that Tesla has cameras that that should go away immediately. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to end this on a negative note, so let's go on to our next story here. Tesla has earned five awards in Kelly Blue Book's Brand Image Awards, including Best Overall Luxury Brand, Best Value Luxury Brand, Most Refined Luxury Brand, Best Performance Luxury Brand, and Best Overall Luxury Brand. So these awards are based on opinions of over 12,000 new vehicle shoppers in Kelly Blue Book's. Uh, annual brand watch study the brand image analysis focuses on new consumer appeal and the ability of the brand to create enthusiasm amongst shoppers so congratulations to the tesla team i think it's well deserved tesla makes good cars and that's all i have to say about that let's move on to the end of the show i want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of kilowatt i want to thank everybody who listens just in general uh, i appreciate each and every one of you i, I stutter a lot especially this episode the, you're probably not going to hear it because i'll cut a lot of it out uh but i i have a hard time speaking when i'm on the mic and i appreciate that you continue to listen because i know i leave some of that stuff in because i want it to sound like me and how i actually speak but yeah it amazes me that people uh listen to me um so thank you i don't know why you would honestly but I appreciate you. If you need to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. And you can find me at on Twitter at 918digital. All right, everybody, that's it for me. I will talk to you on Friday. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over.